Hey everyone, Seth here. So before we start the episode, I just want to let you all know that we've officially kicked off our Patreon page. If you don't know what that is, Patreon is basically a site where you, the listener, can directly support the podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a quote-unquote patron of 40s on 40s. In other words, you could directly donate to help make the podcast bigger and better. There's different tier levels, and each one has little bonus rewards that go along with them, like bonus content, stickers, we even have a mailing list. We'll mail you stuff. Doesn't that sound fun? If you want to check it out, head on over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And search for 40s on 40s in the search bar. Again, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And search for 40s on 40s in the search bar. No pressure, of course, but every dollar that's donated will go straight into making the podcast bigger and better and not sound like it was recorded in a car, which obviously it is. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and here's the episode. Sipping on some forties, yeah, yeah. Talking about the forties, oh yeah. Forties are forties, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Forties on Forties. I'm Seth. I'm Josh. And uh, today we're going to count down more songs of the Billboard Hot 100. So, uh, without further ado, let's crack these open here. Josh, what do we got today? Today we have. Coors Light. Coors Light. Born in the Rockies. Oh boy. 1978. So do you know the story behind Coors Light? No. It's not really a a story, but it's more of like uh, an explanation. So they always talk about how they have like the blue mountains on Coors Light, as you can probably see very lightly on the label here. Yeah. Um, The idea is that uh, the mountains are actually blue when the beer is cold. And when the beer is not cold, the mountains turn white. So you know your beer is cold is when real? the mountains are blue. Yeah, at least on the cans it is. I don't know if it's the same on the 40s, but on the cans uh, it is true. If the mountains are blue, then your beer is still cold. So it looks pretty blue, though, so I think that we can safely say that these beers are nice and cool. Oh, yeah. Also, I don't know. Those twist offs are really satisfying. Anyway. It was nice. It was nice. December 11th. I don't... There's like a... Let's just, uh, I don't know. I see a December, or DEC 1117. I don't know what that means. Where do you see that? Uh, right here. Oh. Well, Then there's a bunch of letters and numbers. Okay. Then it says, I'm going to kill you, Josh. What the (laughs) fuck? I'm just kidding. 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 Prophetic, perhaps? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, well, hopefully this doesn't kill us. Cheers, pal. Ah, good old Coors Light. It's never failed me once. <laughs> For added freshness, just replay this sound clip. Perfect. Thank you, Josh. Um, so you wanna you wanna crack in some of these songs here? Yeah, let's let's listen to some music. Cool. Let's listen to some music on this lovely, lovely evening we have here. So, let's just go down the top five first. Uh, number one is Still Rockstar by Post Malone. Uh, number two is Still Havana. Uh, number three is, unfortunately for me, uh, Gucci Gang. <laughs> I think it might have actually been three last week, too, but I don't yeah. remember. Uh, number four is Thunder by Josh's favorite band, Imagine Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Did that jump up? It did. It jumped up a lot. You know what? I think it's because it's the holiday season. Yeah, and I've been like, I've been hearing it in like malls everywhere. I called that shit. I remember describing oh, that man. song as like 
you're in a mall, like last minute Christmas shopping, right. and shit's just playing. Yeah, yeah I, I believe I, I referred to a third wheeler situation in that, <laughs> right. in that example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just every time I hear it, the way he pronounces grass, I don't know, it just always, just always makes me makes me chuckle a little bit. Um, anyway, and then we have number seventeen, uh, which is motorsport. Which is Migos featuring Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. So, there you go. That's the top five plus one. Uh, so, moving on from there, we actually, the four songs that we have this week are actually all in the top 40. Cool. Which is pretty cool. So, uh, number one, or should I say number 29, is a song called Gummo. The artist is 6 9, spelled the number 6 I X, the number 9 I N E. So, uh,. I yeah I don't know, I don't know what this is gonna sound like at all, but uh, hopefully it'll be fun. I'm thinking it's gonna be something sexual. I don't know. I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm just thinking it might be something okay. sexual. Okay. Okay. I could see that. I could see this being like a rap track. Maybe some maybe some sexual sexual healing going on. There's something about those numbers that makes me uh, think that. <laughs> well, that's his name though. That's not the name of the song, or her name. Their name. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Could be a robot for all I know. That's true. I shouldn't assume that every song will be sexual just because the name. Or just because it's in the top 40. Yeah. But, uh, you know, chances are high. Anyway, let's, uh, as we say around here, let's crack this open. See what we got. Girl, on my phone, she wanna fuck but keep her clothes on. I only want the joke. Man, that's really all I use the for the kick out the door. I don't wanna, you can keep the horse. She's feeding for some more. In New York, my niggas don't really rock my niggas. I mean, that happened. Yeah, that was, um... There was a song with lyrics and a beat and, um... Had a lot of... There's a lot of anger there. A lot of one particular word in that song <laughs> that I shouldn't... Don't really want to repeat there on this podcast. So many, there were so many N-words... It was actually hard to pick out the words that weren't the N-word in the it's song. Like, it's like, I, I don't want to be a stickler here, but, like, even if the artists were African-American, it would feel excessive. Right. I mean, like, not that I have any right to say that or not, but I don't know. I don't want to sound like... It's like I'm trying not to offend anyone. Well... But it's like, when we saw the artist's picture, I was like... I, we didn't hear the song yet, so I wasn't, like... I was just noticing when I saw the picture, I was like, oh, it looks like a young Latin man. And then there was, like, so many N-words, I was like, is that... Con- is that, like... It seems, like, not normal. Like, it seems irregular that you'd have someone drop that many N-words or even use an N-word, like, that, that reaches the top 40 when they're, like, not of African-American descent. Right. I mean, I would say that I agree with your original statement that regardless of what race he is or identifies with and regardless of regardless of any of that I just feel like it was used an excessive amount of times like no matter who it was no matter who it was that made this song I would still say the same thing of like wow it's like every other word in this song, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's a, it's a lot. It's, like, very intense. And I think that... I think that part of this song's appeal is just how much aggression there is in it. 
Which I think you were saying. Yeah, I mean, it's it's appealing to that, like, 15-year-old overhyped testosterone male. True. That's, like, relishes in violence and domination over women. And men. And men. <laughs> but sexually of women. It's, right. It's for the hetero male. Right, right. I just, I couldn't relate very much to the song. I, uh... <laughs> Musically, was, I mean, it's just like, all right. yeah. I mean, the thing I will say is that I do commend his performance style. Like, I commend the energy that he has and the aggression that he has. And I kind of, I almost sort of wonder if this is leading to a larger discussion about what popular hip-hop needs right now or, like, what its audience wants. Because I feel, I like, just listening to this song, it immediately stands out from all the other, a majority of the other hip-hop songs we've covered. I mean, compare this to 21 Savage's bank account, for example. A song where the dude sounds like he's, like, literally sleep-talking his way through the track. And then you've got this song where the dude is, like, in your face. He's yelling at you. He's like, I will steal your girl. I will do all your drugs. And then I will probably kill you. And I don't care. And, like, that's such a strong message that is completely the opposite of, like, what, like, all those other rappers are saying. They were saying similar, th- kind of similar things, but it was mostly, like, we do a ton of drugs and we have a ton of money. But this guy is literally, like, assaulting, like, attacking somebody. Right. Like, he's like, I will aggressively take you out and, like, prove my dominance over you. I'm trying to think if there's, like, anything redeeming about it. Because sometimes art has really negative things right but there i feel like there are there's something insightful or redeeming or helpful for people sure yeah but for this song i don't i'm trying to think if i think there is or not well in my opinion i think that there's ways there's ways to play the villain and there's ways to not play the villain in my opinion if you're trying to if you're trying to do it in a way that is either transformative or is trying to prove a point or give a message um, I think a good example of a artist who does play the villain oftentimes in their music is Death Grips. Um, like, if you listen to the Money Store, there's a lot of tracks on there about just, like, doing a ton of drugs, having a ton of sex, just, like, getting crazy in the night. But the way that it's presented is in a way that is still, like, it's almost like inviting you in. Like, it's sort of like inviting you into that headspace. And, yeah. and I feel like this song has just It's like so angry that it's almost Just like It's like showing that anger and then kind of like Isolating you from it Like it's sort of like It's it's aiming the aggression at you As opposed to like sharing that Aggression with you in or, a that feel, or like a difference between a feeling Of anger and Aggression Which is different than Like having those feelings but like actually wanting to act out on other people and harm them right i don't know death grips lyrics well enough to relate like compare spoiler alert they're weird as fuck but But, anyway (laughs) um but i have heard a fair amount of death grips because i like them a lot and i would say like musically death grips is one of the most interesting artists of the like of past five years that I've hardly heard mm-hmm. like r- regardless of genre it's just they do so many interesting things musically and like turns and these sounds and like mm-hmm. sh- like jarring shifts 
Right. And they got all these, like, new tones, and, like, the drumming is, like, awesome and fucking out there. Yeah. Like, Death Grips is, like, dark and aggressive a lot of the time, but I feel like they're so inventive and creative, and, like, it makes me... It gets my juice, my creative juices flowing. Sure, This yeah. was just, like, totally repetitive and, like, bland. Right. While being, like, to me, uninventive and just... Like, sure, yeah. Like, there was... I couldn't get anything out of that that I enjoyed. Yeah. And it's not just because it was so aggressive and, like, negative. But I think that was a... I think it's, like, the difference... It's a difference between, like, you know using like a calculated like a calculated use of energy and sound and different musical ideas to convey a message versus just taking a baseball bat and like beating the shit out of it and then handing it to you right you know like i feel like this song was like uh this was very much like the blunt instrument of that of that aggression whereas like you know a band like death grips or even like mf doom or like other other dudes that that play more of like a villainous role they do it in a way that is still like engaging and interesting to listen to like you said yeah musically and lyrically i don't yeah. i don't want to leave out death grips lyrically it's like yeah it's also very it's like catchy and inventive mm-hmm. and like very personal yeah like, and i think again like you say there's variety you know yeah. there's like things that they do that that make you want to listen to it more and make you kind of curious as to like what the fuck am i listening to right. and they're <laughs> and they're great musicians i mean mm-hmm. great musicians and, and producers like mm-hmm. those those guys are top grade in my opinion yeah they're kind of on another planet as far as that goes um and yeah i don't know like i I understand, I think, why this song is getting so high on the charts is because it is drastically different from other types of hip-hop that are out on the charts right now, but I don't think, I don't think it has any kind of lasting power just because of, again, how repetitive it is, just how, like, again, it's like you're letting a dog loose, but it's just chasing a car down the street, and then it's gone, you know? Like, it has its one purpose and direction, but then once it gets there, it's like it has nothing else to do. Right. Um, so... Should we... Oh, gosh, I'm like... Alright, I'll just ask you, and then you can you can decide whether or not we discuss this topic. Okay. Should we discuss the topic of our feelings on non-African-American people using the N-word in music? You know... I don't know. I feel like because we're both white, <laughs> I don't really know if that's a conversation that we could really have to the best of that ability. Although I will say that I do, I am aware that people that are not African American do use the term in rap. Um, like, if you listen to, there are Latino, Hispanic, Latin American rappers that do use the N-word, for sure, like they have in the past, and um, I think it's sort of, I know that there's a deeper story to that that I don't know, um, but I do know that it exists, for sure. Um, I do know that other rappers do use the term, I just know that usually white rappers specifically don't, but I do know that other rappers oftentimes do. Right. So, to that degree... I think that's probably the furthest that we that we could really talk about it without knowing more of the story. I'm well cuz I'm assuming I'm assuming that the reason that it's used is that 
the rappers that use it that are not black feel that well we are also a minority that is um disadvantaged and right. and we grew up and like this culture from the African Americans and and so they feel like maybe they're in, entitled or it's fine for them to use it well, and maybe maybe they're also part of those communities more Maybe. I mean, I don't know if using the word is a is out of a sense of entitlement necessarily because I think that I think that the word itself has multiple meanings when used in different contexts. Um and I think that I mean, in this song certainly it is used mostly in the negative context. You can use it. I mean, I've seen it used referred to in like a way that is brotherly and like affectionate, but it's only in this case, it's only used in, like, an angry term, so I feel like that's really, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't really know too much about it to really go into it too deep. It is interesting, though. And I, I think, mean, it's, yeah. well, well, from from what I know, and, like, just from hearing people talk about it, and then, like, hanging out with people mm-hmm. that are also, that are black, like... I've always heard I've always heard it or almost always heard it in like a positive like endearing way. It's like calling okay. it's like calling someone bro. Right. And sure. like I don't know. It it's like I sort of feel like at least for like white people, even if you're white and you're poor and like you grew up around that culture and like all your friends a lot of your friends are black, I still feel like it's I feel odd the idea of like someone using that like, sure yeah totally i mean i you know yeah. i i wouldn't feel comfortable using it and i'm white and um because i think that using it in using it in like the brotherly way is more of i think it's more of a part of language that is like specific to a certain group of people and so I think that white people using it is kind of like, it's kind of missing the point and or trying to reappropriate this term so that like white people can use it. And I feel like that's kind of weird, you know? I feel like there's even controversy within, you know, different communities about even using the word at all because of like, you know, where it came from in history right. and all that background. So um, just from a linguistic side, I mean, it has all kinds of historical like roots that I know are still kind of painful and still like relevant in a lot of things so I don't know it is a pretty complicated subject and I would be interested in like reading more about it and researching it and really like seeing like exactly you know how that is because I'm because I'm curious about it too you know I mean we're listening to a lot of music on this podcast that uses the word like throughout um well yeah I think my conclusion would just be I felt uncomfortable and I my initial reaction was like not liking right. a non-black person using it. Mm, okay. Like I mean I, I'm not saying that that's right and my feelings could change if I learned more. Right. But my first reaction was like why is this non-black person using that word? <laughs> I was like, I saw, I was, yeah. And like with such frequency and like yeah. such like deep aggression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is very jarring, you know, like to hear it that often and like that in your face. I don't know. I, I yeah, I feel like my, uh, my own 
the jury's out for me as far as how I even feel about this song, <laughs> how I even process it. Yeah. Like, my initial reaction is I don't really like it because it's sort of repetitive. It kind of does the same thing. Its lyrical content is, like, so buried that I feel like I, like, have to... It's, like, buried, and yet I feel like it's very simple. And so I feel like that's kind of annoying. I didn't like it. I didn't really like it either. It was just... It was... It was way too... I was more interested in talking about it than I was at, like, listening to yeah. it ever again. <laughs> Honestly. I just... The, men- the mentality is, like, so, like, cuts against what I believe in and feel. Sure. That it's just, like... I was just, like, this sounds like one of those, like, ignorant, really aggressive, angry dudes I sure. knew in, like, middle school that I, like, kind of wanted to just get in a fight with. <laughs> just to put them in their place. It's, like, yeah, it's, like... They're just, like, they fucking bully kids. Yeah. They're, like, totally demeaning and, like, mean to women. It's, like, one of those kids that you're, like, dude, you just fucking say the wrong thing, I swear to God. Yeah. Let me get at you. No, totally. And, like, <laughs> there is kind of just, like, an unsavory taste you have in your mouth after you listen to this song, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah, it's not, a, it's not an anger that you can side with. It's just an anger that's just kind of there. And you're just kind of, like, okay, that's, um... So, uh, anyway, let's listen to this other thing. It's kind of kind of my take on it. But, um, he seems like a interesting guy. Just sure. based on his numerous tattoos and the 6ix9ine tattooed on his face and his hair. Apparently he has 6ix9ine tattooed, like, multiple other and places. And this song. Like, uh, I kind of wonder what his background was and, like, how he, you know how he's doing yeah like where the fuck did this guy come from like did he just like was he like born from like an internet like meme and just like came into existence and started making rap songs like what is his deal I don't know we tried to look on like through like image searches of him before we started recording and honestly I feel like that makes me even more confused and raises more questions as to like who the fuck he is yeah um I'm very curious to see if he makes other music because literally we went to his Wikipedia page and the only thing about him is, like, he's known for his, like, single that reached number 58 on the Billboard charts. And that's, like, literally all there is on his Wikipedia page. Right. So who knows, man? He wrote the anthem for the bullies that I wanted to fight in middle school. Perfect. I guess someone's got it, right? Yeah. It's weird to see it on the Billboard, though. Um, anyway... Well, I think we can move on. Yeah, let's get out of there. <laughs> let's, get, let's get out. Let's we get see what this. we had there, now let's get out of there. Yeah. Um. So, the next song, oh God, the next song is literally, you couldn't get more opposite. <laughs> if you had, if you had 6 9 and Gummo, what, so, <laughs> without revealing it to the audience too quick, what do you think is the single most opposite thing that you could, that you could put to that song? I saw... I saw the next song. It's Charlie Poof. Yeah. It's, uh, I, this is going to be hilarious. The Poofmeister's back. He's back. Or, <laughs> it's Charlie Puff? Puff, <laughs> yeah. Poof. I don't even, I don't even know, and I honestly don't really care. I just kind of see it, and I just, like, recognize it in my brain without even saying the let's, name Let's now. see if he still has the magic. Yeah, uh, number 34, How Long. Uh, it's actually been on the charts for a while. I feel like I keep seeing it, and we've never gotten to it. So, uh, <laughs> let's... Oh man, maybe this will be the palate cleanser we've been waiting for. Yeah. Let's see what we got. Oh, I 
Josh, before we begin this uh, this segment, can I just get uh, that that soundbite from you one more time? Oh yeah, such a nice palate cleanser. Oh, just yeah. oh man, I don't even know if that song was actually good or if I was just so relieved to hear a song that was slightly more pleasant. I think it was both. Before I say more though, before I say more, uh-huh. I just want to say like between recording, Seth made a really funny joke. He showed me a photo of 6 9 He's like, oh yeah, like this one, dude. Like, the final boss must be faced. Or he said something like that. Like, like oh, no. he looks like a, a video game villain. It was like, once you've beaten all, this, all the rappers on SoundCloud, this is the final boss. And it was a photo of 6 9 yeah. <laughs> like, he looks like a video game boss. Um, and then also, before we recorded, you burped and you did like... <laughs> like fist and like you were like yeah this fist and like motion downward like yeah that's why you were like <laughs> and when you did that I was like I was like oh my gosh like did because I feel like I do that but maybe I just maybe you, that was did you do that having seen me do that that was just my natural instinct okay. was to do that I think we both do that maybe that's really funny well yeah. I was doing it more like uh, more like uh, when you've got like a big rig and you like make the motion like you want them to blow oh. the horn Oh, that was more funny. what I was doing so like it was like the big rig horn noise and then I burped so that's awesome um, anyway let's talk about the this song. song I thought um, I mean musically I was I liked it it, it kept my attention pretty much the whole way through <laughs> would you say it Kept your attention. It kept my attention, Charlie Puth. <laughs> who, who's kept my attention? Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It reminded me a little bit of the MJ days, where there's a lot of layers and a lot of textures, and they come in and out, and then the arrangement mm-hmm. is very interesting. Like, yeah, the segues and even the verses and choruses are different in terms of like instrumentation and tones mm-hmm. and like space spatially and. And, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it had a pretty good groove and, um, you know, the, the chords, the melodies, the harmonies, you know, it, it was all very lush and it was mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of a better word than groovy. I mean, it was, it was groovy, but I'm trying to think of a better word. Um, I can't think of one, but, you know, yeah. what, else, what else to say? Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, I actually, <laughs> jokes aside, I do actually like Attention slightly more than this song. Oh, I do too, yeah. Just because the groove was, like, all-powerful in that song. Um, but I think that this song definitely makes a solid effort, and it uh, really... Again, I don't I don't know when this happened, but it's actually cementing Charlie Puth as like a pretty solid, talented singer songwriter in my book. You know, like I'm happy that he you know has has really gone with this direction with his music. It's so much more. There's something much more like uh, sincere about it than even when he was doing his like acoustic guitar songs. Because right. I feel like now that he's fully embraced like the pop singer style, I feel like it lends it. It lends the style lends itself to his voice a little bit more. I think. Um, I will say that his breathiness in his vocals sometimes kind of bothers me, mm. especially in this song. I feel like he was kind of playing that up a little bit. Um, but there were a lot of, like, really cool, like, harmonies that were going on with the vocals. I think yeah. he actually uh, utilized his vocals a lot more in this song. Yeah. Because um, there were, like, there were like harmony breaks that would happen. Yeah. Um, and those were those were cool, you know? I was into them when they happened. None of them seemed, like, cheesy or, like, overstaying their welcome. I will. All right, sorry to cut you off. No, yeah, 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 go for it, dude. Well, I was going to say, the thing that lacks, in my opinion, is I'm not... It's, like... Okay, the song is just very simple. It's him mm-hmm. him trying to apologize and keep
keep his partner despite having cheated in right. a purely physical way with someone. Right. Um, I didn't... It, I, I had almost zero emotional response to his voice. Hmm. I think it's, okay. it's partially the lyrics and it's partially his vocal delivery. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something about certain singers that do it for certain people. Like, if sure. Michael... like. If Michael Jackson had sung this song, I would have had way more of an emotional response to it. Sure. And been, like, hooked in way more. And that's, like, you wouldn't have to even change the melody or the lyrics. It just would have gripped me in that way. Right. And... So you think that that Puth's voice isn't very compelling? Yeah, not super compelling or emotive, in my opinion. Mm. You know, when you mention that, I do kind of agree. I was going to say that this song... Despite the fact that it sounds a little bit happy, it is a song about him basically, like, trying to make up with his girlfriend after cheating on her. And I, yeah, I think considering the subject matter, and, like, even though, like, it is, I, I see what the song is trying to do, I think I agree that, like, it didn't really have a lot of, uh, a, um, it didn't really carry a lot of, like, charisma like his voice did. It didn't yeah. really have a lot of, like, gravitas it as was- far as that. <clears throat> sterile as one would say right it's very much like you could tell that this is very much like a pop billboard product um but i think it was an enjoyable one you know i think that it didn't i think that this song it accomplished what it needed to and it didn't do anything more and didn't do anything less like i think that his his voice was fine for the song the song was fine you know it it did it set what it did out to do and it did it well but it didn't shoot for anything higher than that you know whereas like if you had had someone like michael jackson or even bruno mars if he'd done this song i'm sure it would have been elevated but as it stands you know charlie pruth was perfectly fine for the song um, he just didn't really elevate yeah. it further than what it was. It's like a mysterious thing. <laughs> I don't think you can. Some things in art. Some things in art you can you can critique. You can actually like break down and analyze and like understand things. Sure. But certain things are a little more hard. It's like a little a little more subjective and a little more mysterious, such as the emotiveness, quote unquote, or how emotive a singer is. Yeah. Because people have different opinions on that. Sure. But like one one other example is I heard on the radio um, Taylor Swift doing, oh, fuck, what's that song called? It's like the Last Christmas by George Michael. Oh okay. That song. Oh. The thing is like the very next day. Yeah. You you right. get, yeah. Here's yeah. the thing. Her version of it is like so sterile and like I want. It's just like oh too sweet. I want to throw this away. Really. <laughs> But George Michael's voice is, in my, like, to me, his voice is so emotive. Oh, that, like, for, sure. for I, sure. I'm just, like, so gripped by that song when mm-hmm. I hear George Michael sing it. Yeah. So it's just, like, sometimes a singer just totally changes, it completely changes. For sure. The di- like, a song is crazy. And, you know, I think that that's actually a challenge that, that some songwriters do have when they're writing their songs, is they're like, who do I want to sing this song, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of an important question, because some songs will work with some singers, and some songs, like, totally won't. And um, I think that, you know, I think that part of the challenge for a songwriter is being like, who who do I want, like, when I'm writing this song, or when the song is done, like, who do I imagine singing it? Like, whose voice would go well with it? And I think that, like, Charlie Puth's voice went really well with attention because of the just the way that it was structured and the, the groove and his sort of breathiness, it, like, worked with that style for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with this song, it, it like, his voice didn't have enough conviction. It didn't really have enough power to really sell it fully. Um, and I think if you had had someone with a little bit more of, like, a 
just a little bit more of a presence maybe with their voice it would have yeah. it would have sold it more um funny story actually you mentioned uh taylor swift doing that george michael cover um not to rag on taylor swift too much but there was actually another case uh that perfectly illustrates what you were talking about um and it was actually a clip of when she did one of her live shows. She's, like, very known for bringing on just, like, completely random guests that she'll sing songs with during her shows, which yeah. is tight, and I'm in full support of. And in one particular instance, she brought on um, the singer for the Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. Like, of all people. And uh, she sat down and she sang Iris. You remember that song? Yeah, yeah. And that's like you know one of the Goo Goo Dolls' like biggest hits. Every it was everywhere in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. And the difference in their voices was like was like nuts. Cause like she started out singing it, you know, she sang the first verse and the first chorus, and it was fine. Like it was perfectly passable. But then he started singing it, and just like the mood just completely changed. Yeah. Like his voice is like it's so emotive. It's so like it's got this perfect like gravelly rasp, but yeah. it's still clear, and he can still like belt. And when he took it over, it just completely changed the song. Yeah, there's, there's, it's so weird, like, not weird, but I mean, I can't say other than just mysterious or magical. It's like, I, I'll give two quick examples. I don't want to go too long, but sure. uh, one, one is like, there's um, a clip of Michael Jackson, obviously, mm-hmm. um, of him at an awards show, and James Brown like calls Michael up oh, to shit. like share the stage. <laughs> And like, as soon as Michael starts singing, like, every like the whole everything's just different. It's like <laughs> I felt different watching it, but you like wow. even hearing and like seeing the crowd respond, like yeah. it just the, the atmosphere just changes. That's so cool. And then when Prince, then then Prince was in the audience, and like, <laughs> and then the Michael fuck? Michael's like, oh hey, get Prince up here. What the? And fuck? then Prince got up there, and like. Prince did his thing, and it was, like, also kind of magical, but not in the same way. It was, like, a different way. It was a different way. It was still cool, but not the same way. Was Prince singing, or was he playing an instrument? He sang a little, but then he played guitar, and then he did a really weird, like, not weird, but a very, um, provocative dance. Oh. Um, but then also, well, I was gonna bring up one other example. I'll just say it, even though I don't know how related it it is, but I saw, um, Jeff Mangum from, uh... Nutramilk Hotel. Oh, okay, okay. I saw him perform once by himself in right. Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And all these, there's like two opening acts, and they did a good job, and like everyone was full. <laughs> Part of this is because the audience is just loves Nutramilk, Nutramilk Hotel. Hotel. Yeah. Like, you, when you can feel so many people in love with like music and songs, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that yeah. creates an energy. Right. But I don't think that was just it. Like, literally, when he walked out, like, there's just something felt different. Wow. And I don't know. It's like. I, I could just be crazy, but just something felt different. And then when he started singing, like, it was insane. Like, it, it seemed like everyone was just totally captivated. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait, wait I'm going to pause you. It's a okay. helicopter. Helicopter break. Welcome to intermission. And we're back. And we're back. So everyone was captivated, and there was numerous times where I, like, I just felt like crying. I was very <laughs> close to crying. Damn. And, like, I actually looked, I maybe twice, I looked, be- I was, like, toward the front. Mm-hmm. Twice I, like, kind of looked back, and there was, like, 
people were just weeping. Damn. It was an, it was like a religious experience. That's insane. Seeing the man play the song. Well, the other thing too is that I feel like it's so rare for him to do shows, like period, that I'm sure right. that people had been waiting to hear him for like over a decade. Right. Like I'm sure. Um, I mean, he nailed it. It was just there was so much awesome. conviction, like passion and conviction, and him playing singing awesome. those songs. And you know what's interesting about him? Uh, is that he has a voice that isn't like conventionally trained, but it it like totally works. Like it has so much passion and so much like emotive like yeah. feelings in it that it just works with his music. Um, and that being said, if you asked him to sing another song, it might not work as well. Right. You know? Yeah. But with the lyrics that he has and how like how like deep and metaphorical the a lot of his songs go. Uh, into their subject matter, I feel like that his vocals, which are like, you know, like, they sort of like, they almost kind of are like, they move around and they kind of like wane in a way, but they just totally work. Yeah. So, um, also, I'm really jealous you saw him live. That sounds fucking awesome. I dude. saw him live twice. I saw him what? live by himself. What? And then I, I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl with the full band. Oh, when yeah. was that? Was it a while ago? A couple of years. Oh, okay. Daniel Johnson was one of the opening acts for him. Oh, shit. I love Daniel Johnson, too. Daniel Johnson's dope. But, um... That's crazy, dude. Yeah, dude. I, you saw him twice? Yeah. What the fuck? He, that, he, he was, like, definitely top three concerts I probably ever Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. That sounds awesome, was, dude. Yeah. Um, shit. Well, anyway, Charlie Puth putting out another solid, solid pop song. Yeah. Shock. It's like, yeah, I'm going to back to the town for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. It's our job. we got to do it. Just um, kidding. This is so fun. You don't understand. Yeah. You guys don't understand how much fun that I have. I, I would, I'm going to just, you know, it's very fun. It's really I'm glad fun. glad that we do this. Yeah. It's a once a week time. We get to hang out with one of your best friends and just drink and talk about music. Yeah. What could be better? Very, nothing could be better. There you go. Um... So anyway, next song is number 37. Um, it's actually by SZA, who we really liked before. Uh, and it's a song called The Weeknd, which I'm pretty sure she's up for a Grammy for this year. I might have actually heard this one a while ago. Okay. Do you remember it? No. Okay, perfect. <laughs> then it won't matter. No. Let's check it out. My man is my man is your man. Hurt is her man too. My man is my man is your man. Hurt that's her man. Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday I just keep him satisfied through the weekend You like nine to five in that song. Dude, that was fucking awesome. That was great. I loved that song. I feel like I need a smoke after that song. I love that song. <laughs> that was great, dude. Fucking I'm like... There were so many fuck. things to talk about in that song. SZA, like, it wouldn't surprise me if this is gonna be my number one in the next, like, top five. Yeah. Like, this was so good. Wow. And considering this is, like, the second song that we've heard from her that's just been, like, out of just out of this world good like a minute into the song i was like oh man i wish i could meet her 
<laughs> I know, dude. I think, like, I'm, I think I'm crushing on her. Like, I'm definitely crushing on her. Yeah, for sure. Just, like, what a, what, what a, like, refreshing take on female R&B, you know? Like... Dude. It's just so great. It's so great to hear, like, so much effort and, oh like... So much cool production put into it, and, like, the vocals are great. And it's just... Her voice is phenomenal. It's, like, the music and the arranging and the production is all great. Mm-hmm. It's, like, all... Fuck- the thing about this song and the other song by her that I like so much is, like, the music, like, the vibe of the music, it just perfectly fits the, like, the yeah. emotion of the emotion of her voice and the words. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like, they just... They're, they work so well together. Yeah, and I like, totally agree. The thing about, like, the Pooth song is, like, the lyrics and the music kind of fit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, you know what I mean? But then his voice isn't, isn't like, nearly as emotive, in my opinion, as her. Oh, for sure. So, for, like, her songs, it's, like, the the vibe of the, of the music, it just totally brings you into this mood. Yeah. And then her story and her voice just, like, blow it at, it's, like... Yeah. Totally is totally inspiring and like just gripping. Yeah, very gripping. Voice. Yeah, and just like the way I really like the narrative that's being told in this too, because it's like it is about a girl who like is literally like her like she is clearly like the side chick, but like all parties involved know that she's a side chick and like are aware of it, and that's just kind of how it is. But it's like her starting to like fall for the guy and be like, yeah. I need to spend more time with him. Um, Those feelings, yeah. And just, yeah, and like her like becoming attached and just like how complicated that can be. And like the, the, um, the title of the song, which is the main metaphor, I, it's like that to me, that's in, it's very interesting and insightful. Like, mm-hmm. like your long term girlfriend or whatever. It be, there's something sort of routine and a little bit boring sure. that kind of develops and so the side quote unquote side girl becomes the weekend right so like the feelings you have about the weekend and the feelings you have about the nine to five are right. analogous to your girlfriend and your side girlfriend. I was like I felt like that is such like a simple but insightful little metaphor about relationships sure yeah and um and then she you know then she has all these feelings of like you know, like there's that. Let's let's, I, let's do this twenty four seven. Like maybe this yeah. would be great. You know, like the line that struck me that had a certain air of like, kind of like sadness and almost like desperation was that line where she was like, "I'm ready to show up at your door, like whenever oh, you yeah. want me." I know when she said that, she's like, "Cause like yeah, it's like you you build that foundation, and then she's like, oh, but if you call me over on a Monday, I'll be at your door." Yeah, and, and it was like, oh, and it was kind of heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah. Because it's like you can tell that she like wants to be with this guy more, and it's yeah. like yeah, and it's really heartbreaking. If I was the guy, I don't know, I would I would dump my girlfriend like <laughs> ASAP. Do you hear the production that this girl has? You hear Shit. her voice? Yeah, no, her voice, voice is great. Um, Just... I, would, I would propose to this woman. <laughs> I would take her last name. Damn. I would. There you go. Whatever she wants. Whatever you want, man. No, I mean, this was a really, really great song. Um, and again, yeah, exactly like you said, you know, we were just talking about how, like, sometimes a singer doesn't always match the song, but this, like, everything was just firing on all cylinders in the right, in the right way, and just, like, it was really great. Yeah. Basically, I didn't, I don't think I really had any problems with this song at all. 
Um, there and there was like little things that I would notice, like the the little sort of like harp sounding thing that was going constantly through the verses was really cool. The way that the the bass would would hit when like the swells in her voice would happen at the end of each verse stanza. Um, you right there. I'm good. Okay, just stretching. Yeah, sorry. No, just I, I, I was like, why have I had my seatbelt on this whole time? <laughs> I was like, what an idiot. Hey, you gotta be safe. Practice safety, Josh. Yeah, right. <laughs> in a, in a in, like, standing car. <laughs> Parked car. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, this song is fucking great. I don't really think there's too much more we need to say other than... Uh, no. Uh, I know we just put clips in our of, of the songs in these, but seriously, go listen to this whole song. Do yourself a favor. All I will say is Rihanna... I know you're listening. Uh-oh. Are you calling it off? No, we no, nothing ever happened because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't in good conscience return your texts. Okay. Because I've had these strong feelings for SZA this whole time. So you would you could say that uh <laughs> that Rihanna's been your 9 to 5 and SZA was your weekend? Is that what you're saying? I wish. <laughs> I have not been with either. That would be a fairly solid situation to be in. Um, if if both of them were cool with it, you know, yeah. I think you could Rihanna be also has a great voice. Oh, Rihanna's great. I would I would yeah. happily date either one of them. <laughs> Very happily date either one of them. I mean, like, I think that's kind of a difference. Is like, Rihanna's music is more... I think that a lot of people write songs and she is able to sing a lot of different songs because her voice has a lot of range. I don't think SZA's voice has probably as much, like, malleability as Rihanna's voice does, but SZA definitely, like, plays to her strengths whenever she does a song, ever. Um, oh, but then I feel bad because she was on that Maroon 5 song. Why the fuck were you on that Maroon 5 song, SZA? You're so much better than that. I'm so glad that you actually have an album out that is just your music because I would have been so disappointed if you were just like on a Maroon 5 song as a side note and we never heard from you again. Like, that would have been a real fucking tragedy for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, really excited about... Maybe I'll just... Maybe I should listen to the rest of the album this weekend. But Uh... <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it? Did it that almost, sound like the McDonald's? It almost. It was like, not jingle? really. Not really. Just a faint. That was like two notes that I like pulled out of the McDonald's yeah. jingle and like rearranged. Yeah, like, um, I'm loving it. Yeah. There you go. Insert McDonald's jingle here. Avoid McDonald's. It's not good for your health. Except for the nugs. The nugs are great. Um, you should always get nugs. Get all the nugs you want. All the nugs, none of the fries. None 50 of the, nugs. Don't drink any of the soda. Soda's bullshit. Yeah. Wait, actually, can we talk about this really quick? I've, like, I've, I basically have stopped drinking soda entirely, and I, uh, I drank soda for the first time, uh, two days ago, and it was, oh man, it was, I think it was regular Coke, uh-huh. and it, like, fucked me up, dude. Like, my stomach was not down, my, I was, like, shaky, oh, <laughs> like, weird. it was really weird, and, uh, I mostly had stopped drinking soda because I just didn't like how much, how the, what the carbonation did to me, you know, like, it would, like, you know, make you burpy and weird, <laughs> and so I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna try not drinking it for a while and just drink nothing but water, right. and I did, and I had soda for the first time a couple days ago, and wow, it was awful, <laughs> like, I was That's not good. down. So, the moral of the story is, um, 
don't drink soda. Soda's bullshit. I fuck it. I don't. I actually. I very rarely drink soda. Right. I feel good about that. Mm. But that aside, I think the world needs to know that you very easily ate fifty chicken nuggets in one <laughs> in, in one sitting. Oh, did we have to bring that up right now? I'm trying to be a good role model no, for the you, kids. You just you ate fifty nugs. <laughs> And you're like, that was all right. Like it, it did not even, it did not even phase you. And what's amazing about that is I have another friend. Oh, no. I have another friend uh-huh. that's like, can eat very well. Uh huh. And he tried to eat fifty nugs in one sitting, and he actually couldn't do it. Wow, really? Wait, who, do I know this person? Yeah. Okay. We don't have to say their name to you know hide he got, hide the shame of their identity. He got, he got to like forty two. Oh, dude, you're almost there. Come on. No. You've only got eight more. No. Because so he was fucking... pushing himself to get to 42. Oh. There was no way he could have eaten Damn. or eight or whatever. He could not have had more. Dude, I 100... Yeah, I will say this. Um, I think that's a story time. I think yeah. this deserves a story time. So, I was... Oh, I think it was my 20-something birthday. I think it was my 25th, 24th. And my roommate at the time, a great guy, I actually haven't seen him in a while, I need to call him, but he was like, hey man, because we were roommates at the time, and he was like, hey man, uh, you know, today's your birthday, it's great, so don't eat it, don't plan anything for dinner, uh, you're coming back home and I'm, I'm getting you something for dinner, it's gonna be great. And I was like, alright man, awesome. So, you know, the whole day I was like, ooh, I wonder what we're gonna have, and I get back home, <laughs> And he just has a bag of McDonald's, and he's like, hey, man, uh, happy birthday. And I was like, thanks, you got me McDonald's. That's so nice of you. Because, like, I, I like nugs, so I was like, that's great, man. I don't have to buy a, a 10-piece meal. And he's like, no, no, you don't understand. And he fucking flips the bag, like, dramatically unveils it like a fucking magician, and there are five boxes of 10-piece nugs. <laughs> And he was like, I got this all for you. <laughs> and I was like, damn, dude. And apparently the McDonald's he went to, he was the first and, as far as I know, the only person to have ever ordered an actual 50-piece meal from this McDonald's. <laughs> and they had to go in the back and, like, whisper to their colleagues, like, is this still a deal that we're doing? Like, is that okay? <laughs> and when they when they said, yeah, they were like, okay, fuck it. And so he got the nugs. We brought them back. And literally, we just sat and we watched Robot Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I consumed 50 chicken nuggets by myself. The thing is, you guys, like, just really try to envision, like, <laughs> like envision yourself eating 10 nuggets, okay? That might feel like a lot for many people. And then envision eating another 10 nuggets. <laughs> and then that's, like, a lot. You're like, ah, oh, I should stop. Seth then ate 30 more 30 more nuggets and I think from from what I remember like you didn't even notice you're just like watching TV so like no I didn't nugs. notice you're just like oh the nugs are gone <laughs> like, oh the nugs are gone <laughs> no that was the best part is I st- <laughs> I look down and I'm like, oh, I'm on my last five. That's a shame. I wish there was more. <laughs> there was more. <laughs> my, my roommate was like, dude, it's been like an hour. Are you okay? <laughs> You've been sitting and eating nugs for an hour. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's Literally like, nonstop dude, just for an hour fuck? eating nugs. I mean, like, okay, oh, like, to God. be fair to, like, the people that are trying to do, like, the serious eating. No one eats that long. It took me, it took me a long time to eat them, but I was a fucking, I was as happy as a clam 
I was just sitting there with my nugs, just eating away, and I didn't even notice. No, I mean, it's funny. It's like, I'm not <laughs> laughing. Like, you didn't eat them slow. You ate them normal pace. It's right. just funny that, it like... It just took me an hour to kill them. <laughs> you could eat continuously that long. Absolutely. Without your body being like, no, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop. My body was like, oh, Jesus, how do we close the gates? We, what do you mean it's broken? Like, ah, oh, fuck it, just let him eat, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I have... And to be fair, that was actually before I discovered barbecue sauce. So that was literally no sauce, all nugs. Oh, wow. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even have any, any sauce to wash that down. I just literally just had nothing but raw. I just had nothing but naked nugs, 50 of them. And uh, it was great. And that's, great that story is what, what won my heart over to Seth <laughs> when he told me that story. <laughs> Like, Wait, when did I... I didn't tell you that story till later, though. I couldn't have told you that the first time we hung out. No, yeah, I was just joking. No, that was... Okay. I don't know when that conversation happened. I don't know either. I feel like or I... Or how, but... I usually wait for a while to tell people that story, so... If anybody listens to this the podcast... Thing though, the thing, though... Yeah, the thing, though, is, like, you didn't... I remember that you didn't, like, bring it up to brag... Right. You really, you only told me because I was like, oh yeah, there's this one time my friend couldn't, like, and I told you the story of my friend. Oh, okay. And that's why you told me. Right. Which, which was, like, awesome. It's so funny. And, like, yeah, I would, I would happily do it again, honestly. Like, I don't even know if that deal is still around anymore. I really doubt it is. But there was, it was, the reason why he got me that for my birthday is because there was a deal where yeah. it was, like, ten bucks... It was $10, and you get 50 chicken nuggets. That's insane. That is fucking bananas. Even if you don't eat them all in one sitting, that's still 10 bucks for, like, way more than one meal. Yeah. So... Well, for most people. For most people. Yeah. Except for me. Because <laughs> I'm a fat ass, apparently. Uh, by the way, for those of you listening to me at home, I'm actually surprisingly not morbidly obese, so... <laughs> just, you can get that mental image just right out of your head right now. No, we're both... I weigh a cool 165 for when I last checked. We're both reasonably healthy young men. I mean, reasonably. Yeah. You know. Um, cool. Well, um... Was that the third song? No, yes, that was the third song. All so right. we have one more to go. I'm gonna have to chug. Well, just chug yeah. while we're listening. It'll yeah. be great. No one will ever know. Uh, this last song... Oh, dude. Wow, this is gonna be an all-star... All-star fucking episode. Last song is a Kendrick song, bro. It's number 39. Oh, wow. It's Love off of Damn. So, I actually don't... I don't really remember this song that well. Fuck it. Cool. Dig in. Just like those nugs. If I didn't ride blade on curve, would you still? If I'm in my mind at work, would you still? Keep it a hundred, I'd rather you trust me than to. Keep it a Dude, I feel like all these low-key songs are, like, starting to put me to sleep. Shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's talk about this song. It was good. It was nice. It kind of yeah. kind of felt like a lullaby, you know? Yeah. I like I like the guest vocalist, that dude. Yeah. It's, like, very sweet, emotional vibrato. It was. It was nice. You know, it was very enjoyable. I like the hook. Um, I'm just trying to say I like the hook. I like no, the hook, the hook is definitely sort of like chill lullaby vibe. Yeah. Um, the guest vocalist's name was Zakari, apparently. Mm. You know, I gotta say, though, I think I think this is probably the first 
real legit slow song I've heard by Kendrick. Yeah. And uh, I know that this is kind of this song sort of comes in at like a specific moment in the album, which in itself is very conceptual. But I actually feel like this is probably one of Kendrick's mo- most generic songs that he's done. Generic just just in terms of lyricism. Uh, in terms of production, I think it's still, you know, pretty solid. He does a lot of cool stuff in it. There's a lot of those kind of underwatery sounds. But the lyrics just really didn't strike me as, like, super... I don't know. They didn't really grab me that much. Yeah. For whatever they reason. Were, they were a little more simple and repetitive than usual for him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I view Kendrick as, like, a thinking man. Or not thinking man, but, like, a... I think of him as, like, a philosophical rapper. Okay. Like, the way that, uh... I once... I was watching a documentary on Andy Warhol a while ago. Okay. And some person made the the assertion, like, Andy Warhol is a very philosophical artist. Like, Mm. like whether or not you like his art, it makes you think. That's true. And, uh, I feel the very... I feel the same about Kendrick. Like, there's always a line or two that makes me sort of think. Even if it's a simple line. Like... Just the the basic premise is like he just says love or lust, love or lust. Just that in itself will start getting right. get, it starts getting you to think like you know when are they when when do they coexist mm-hmm. when is it one or the other is it sometimes one and then the other like right what's the relationship between yeah, those two it's it's like it, ma- it starts making you think about your own life and like people you've known and like trying to attribute those concepts to those people at different times. Yeah. But then also there's another line I liked where he says I don't want I'd rather have I'd rather have you trust me than love me. And right. that was another thing that got me thinking like I feel like I feel like there have been maybe people that have had very strong feelings or commitment that did love me, but the trust not necessarily for me but because of their own past like was shaky. Yeah. And I feel like maybe it's like, it makes you start thinking, is trust more important to you than someone loving you? Is it more important to you that they trust you than love you? Right. Or, you know, well, obviously you'd ideally have both, but if you had to pick one or the other. I kind of feel like trust can lead to love, though. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, maybe love can lead to trust as well, but I feel like uh, love is a much more emotional thing and trust is a much more like reason-based thing because like trust is something you build you know i guess love is something you can build as well Mm -hmm. but it's very different it gets into those abstract words so they start making you think yeah it's making you think man wow but uh i felt like his vocals were like decent you know he's not really a singer sure i mean no he totally he totally did the job though i mean he did everything that he needed to in that song I, I did kind of like the, the idea of, like, the echoey, like, like, in the background. Like, I kind of liked that. I think I think if it was handled by literally anyone else, it would have become cheesy and weird. But I think that it was, there was something about the EQ on the song that was just kind of muffled and, like, in the background enough where it was still interesting, even though it was, like, something that a lot of people do, like a style. So... I liked it. I didn't. I don't think I felt very strongly about it, but I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same here. I think that he brought up a lot of interesting subjects and like a lot of things to think about, but I don't really think it really stuck with me as far as like a like a, a super memorable song. 
Although that hook is pretty earwormy, but I don't know. I just think it wasn't his most memorable song for me. Um, but I did, you know, find merit in what it was doing, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh-oh. I think it broke Josh. Um, Josh? You right there? Um, where's the reset button on I'm this good. thing? Oh, there it is. Okay. Um. Whew. I was close. I'm sorry. I just, I had this memory. I remember doing that. <laughs> when my when my sister uh-huh. when my sister's trying to go to bed as children, mm-hmm. and like for some reason I was doing that because I was like holy fuck because it it doesn't take a lot of breath to do that right you could just do it so I could just do it forever I could like <laughs> I could hold that for like two minutes oh my god and I remember doing that because I was like holy shit I can do this for like two minutes this is awesome but then also I knew like okay this is kind of annoying my sister. <laughs> So I would just, like, do it until she would crack, and she'd be like, shut up, <laughs> trying to sleep. And I'd just be there, like, uh, oh and it'd be, like, two minutes in, she's like, I can't take it anymore. Oh she's, like, scratching her face off. Oh she's like, my fuck God. you. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. Um, well, shit, should we get to these rankings? Yeah, mine are, I know mine is easy. I I think it's I think this week is pretty easy. I think it's pretty straightforward. Um at least in my eyes. We'll see. Okay. A fair amount of forty left. Oh do you? Maybe I should say mine first then, and then we'll see how I that goes. Like, dude, I don't know why I keep doing it. I feel like some episodes, some episodes I just like, oh, I have like 35% left. I'll just chug it all in the last segment. <laughs> Hooray! I'll just chug it all while we're ranking. <laughs> okay, well, while Josh is chugging, I'm just going to rank mine. Uh, see how it adds up for you listening at home. Uh, number one is The weekend for me. Number two is uh, Love. Number three is uh, the Charlie Puth song. Number four, it's Gummo. Hmm. Pretty far below any of the other three, to be perfectly honest. The other three were pretty much on one tier. Gummo was like way in the back, you know, checking the aisles for trash at the end of the graveyard shift. Uh, all right, I just took a couple big chugs. <laughs> How you doing there, buddy? You hanging good. in there? No, I'm good. It's just my, my uh, you know, <laughs> my stomach expanded a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. No, I don't okay. feel like drunk or anything. Okay. Um, yeah, my my ranking is exactly the same. Really? It's it's Scissor is one, Love is two, and then Puth gets number three, and then Gummo is like it's well, like way back there. Yeah. You know what? I when I say those rankings out loud, though, I'm actually almost tempted to put Charlie Puth at number two over Kendrick Lamar. Um, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. Not in my book. <laughs> Not on my watch, says Josh. It's funny because I was going to be like, I'm going to put this Charlie Puth song above the Kendrick song. Then I was like, how did the Charlie Puth song go again? Oh, shit. Okay, well. And I guess I shouldn't just judge it based on that, based on memorability, but yeah, it the Charlie Puth song had more had more core flaws with it, I think, than the Kendrick song did. I also have another critique of... of uh, song is that Uh-oh. there were a lot of interesting like shifts in the arrangement where like segues or like different different parts would have um different musical arrangements so it would mm-hmm. keep your interest because it's like oh this time around it's like these instruments or this time around there's like a more sparse harmony 
segue. Mm-hmm. Vocal harmony segue. But, like, if you just do those arranging tricks to mixing, like, have variety, mm-hmm. if that's the sole reason you're doing it, that's not the best reason, in my opinion. In my opinion, like, it shouldn't be... Arrangement shouldn't be um, done with the priority of, like, variety. It should be done with the priority of, like, purposefully following, like, an emotional wave. Like, like an arc? Yeah, whatever that wave is. So it's right. like, if you be, if you get sparse for a moment, it should be following some sort of emotion that feels like it, it feels right to go to that sparse place. And, sure. then, and then what you're singing about or the mood you're creating, like, feels like it flows well, like it just fits together and... It works. Sure. It felt like his song, it just felt like, I'm just going to have a ton of variety and, like, all Mm. that shit, because it's, like, it'll keep them intrigued. Mm. Or he was more like, I'm going to drop out here at the chorus because, like, it'll sound cool. But not necessarily because it fits, like, the emotional arc of the song. Right. It's... I'm I'm trying to express it. And you know what, you know what, dude, when you mentioned that, one thing that I will say is that this song was actually pretty similar in construction to attention as far as, like, it's pure, it's pure, like, you know, A, B, A, B, C, B kind of thing. Because, like, the beginning, it literally had, like, the intro thing, and then he did, like, the high breathy thing. And then it went into the verse, and it went into the chorus. has this been going on? It was kind of low down. Tension, you don't want my heart. And then it did the bridge at the, after the second chorus, and then it had that. Honestly, was it real or just for show? Dramatic cutout. You got me thinking about when you were mine. And then it went into the last chorus, but then, like, there was that extra 808 that came in on both of them. Mm. So, the uh, arrangement was actually remarkably similar for both of those songs, uh, which I didn't even think about until you started saying that. Right. It's like, because for me, it's like a song, you're following a story, and you're following an emo- and you're following emotions. Right. So, you're following those two things, so, like, that's got to be the focal point, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, like... SZA in both her songs we've heard is just like just oh, yeah. fucking amazing fucking masterful for sure I was I was generally surprised at how lukewarm I thought the Kendrick song though was though which I think is why I was so tempted to put it in my third cause you know despite despite what it had going for it I just really did not get a strong impression off of it honestly mm. like even with Humble which I thought you know Maybe it's because I have a certain I have a certain inclination towards a certain kind of song, which I'm trying to keep my bias down. But it just didn't really seem like he used all the tools at his disposal in this song. It felt kind of lazy, honestly. Yeah. Which, like, again, like I think that he had interesting things to think about, but just construction of the song-wise, it just didn't really feel like he really gave it his all, you know? Is what I was thinking. Yeah, I would. I would agree. In my opinion, like he's, it's like I've I've seen yeah. him at his creative highs, and this is certainly yeah. not that. Yeah, I would say no. Yeah, especially with like such a you know potentially hefty topic as love. Mm-hmm. I would say. I would say yeah, no. But, yeah. But it, I mean, I did. I, I did enjoy the vibe, and there are some interesting lines. Yeah. And I really like the hook. A lot, yeah, so. totally. I mean, there are certainly things to like about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. trying to hate on it. I'm just saying that in the grand scheme of Kendrick songs and also just what I expect out of Kendrick at this point in the game like it was it didn't bring as much as I thought it would 
So that was why I was tempted to rethink my ordering tonight. Right. Um, anyway, how you doing on that 40? Um, I have, like, one big check left. Okay, word. Um, well... Quick story time? Yeah. Tell a one-minute story. <laughs> okay. And I'll finish the beer. Uh, wait, let me think about a one-minute story that I can I tell. What have I done? Well, here's actually one thing that I will say. Um, Hold on, before you tell a story. Uh-huh. I was listening, I was listening to the last... I think this might be the story. No, What's the story? No, it's not. It's not a story. Tell I was the listening. Story. I was listening Tell to the, the last story. episode, the retro review one. Uh huh. And like, there was a fucking gnarly burp. <laughs> there was. There were several. I left. I left like a fucking gnarly burp, and it's like so unexpected because like I hadn't. I forgot, you know, <laughs> that I did that. So I'm just like listening to the podcast, like mm hmm, mm hmm, and then I hear this burp, like I just blues it. I just start laughing really hard. <laughs> Like, holy fuck. I think even in that recording, even I was like, Jesus, dude, tone exactly, it down. Exactly. <laughs> and then so I'm like, oh, I'm God. like, uh, I've, I'm, part of me has not grown up from, <laughs> from being like a six-year-old that just rips out and laughs. Dude, sometimes you guys do it. Yeah. Um, on that note, while we're, uh, while we're here and, uh, generally lucid, we're gonna wrap up the episode. So, um, thank you for joining us again. Um, it's been really great running down some top 40 songs with y'all. Uh, I've been Seth. I've been Josh. And we've been 40s and 40s. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best. And we will catch you next week for more exciting coverage of the Billboard Hot 100. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 40s.